I hate real estate and everyone in the business. Welcome to the Tom Story Show with Steve Karish and Tom Story, where we discuss everything real estate or whatever else is on our minds. back everybody to another episode of the Tom Story Show. If you're watching on YouTube, we just want to say thank you. I think Steve, we've now passed like 1400 subscribers on YouTube, which is not bad for a brand new channel. Is that correct, Almost Steve? Almost 110,000 views as of this morning. So not bad. So talking. so thank you for watching our faces. Like that on its own is a, an accomplishment for everybody. Yeah. So thanks for being here. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the channel and if you watch this video and you just like one thing that any of us says, that's it. That's all I ask is you hit that like button. If you're listening on audio, we want to say thank you. And you're probably in your car taking your dog for a walk. So I hope you have a great day. Today's guest, I am very, very excited to introduce. He is someone that I have kind of admired from afar, creeping from the, the window for a long time and uh, just did his podcast, which was awesome. So Matt Leonetti is joining us. He's an international speaker, uh, really in the real estate industry, has, has taken off. Matt, you were just an inman. I got lots of questions about that. Matt is with the agency, as you can see from his hat. Um, and, and, the, and I got questions about the agency, too. I'm going to shut up. Matt, welcome to the show. All right. Thanks, Tom. Couple problems with this intro here. Um, <laughs> why is it the Tom Story Show, Steve? I feel like you got slighted here. Um, yeah, I know. Tom, okay. Tom's like a bad dude, so he just won't. Right. He won't give me any I credit. I thought so. Yeah. Second, uh, if they're listening in their car to walk their dog, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think. Uh, I don't know. I think we should just stop doing this entire podcast and hang up. Hang You're right. Up. It's it's off to a bad start. I think what <laughs> I was trying to say, you know, sometimes, and me and Steve both have this problem, is that our coming out of our mouth doesn't work as fast as our brain is thinking of the thing that we're trying to say, you know, common right. issue. So I think what I meant to say is, if you're driving or walking your dog, be safe. Have a good day. Right. Um, okay. And we can just totally skip over the name question and move on here. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm glad you clarified that because uh, I was pretty upset. I mean, I just didn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I think the listeners probably would have turned it off at that point. So, um, but thanks for having me. Yes. My name is Matt Leonetti. I'm with the agency. Tom, I've admired you for a long time as well from afar, not like stalkerish, but like, you know, when you were on stage and I was not. Yeah. Yes. From a different height level. Now you're the one right. on stage, though. So it's just a visual <laughs> of how you're looking at the person, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It really makes you feel powerful when you're slightly taller than everybody else in the room, <laughs> eh? I know, because I don't get that a lot. So. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so so Matt, for the so our our listeners on this show you got a good chunk of the real estate industry that listens, but we also have a lot of consumers, people sitting at home wondering what the hell is going on with the market? What do I need to know? Are things changing here? So just to start here, like I know we know each other very well, and you got to know Steve over the years also. Who's Matt Leonetti? What's the origin story here? Where'd you come from? Who are you? What do you do? Well, yeah, my name is Matt Leonetti. Who am I? Um, well, I was a touring musician before real estate. I was just some punk rock skateboarding kid who... Uh, got kicked out of high school. I have all my credits now. I, I finished high school. I just got kicked out of the physical school. Uh, um, yeah. So just to clarify, I do, I have my 
my I graduated. Um, and yeah, I was a touring musician. I did that right out of high school for years and years and years. Decided one day while I was in Florida um, that I wanted to get my real estate license. I'd always watch shows like Million Dollar Listing. Ryan Serhant was a big inspiration to me. James Harris, those types of guys. And uh, just for some reason, I gravitated towards it. Didn't know why. Probably just because I thought I could make a lot of money really fast because of how the shows are. Um, got my license, got into real estate, got you know punched in the face for my first three years because it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. I think a lot of people can relate to that. A lot of people make it look, the good agents make it look real easy. Mm. Tom, you make this shit look pretty easy. You make it look so easy to the point where I tell you this all the time. My clients will say they saw you on TV and I'll be like, yeah, you know, don't listen to that guy. I don't know what the hell he's doing. And yeah, and then I started doing uh, content on Instagram and now I'm here. I feel like, you know, we, we've spoken a lot and I've interviewed you in, in public places before at events and whatnot. So I've heard the answer to this. So forgive me, but I'm going to ask a few questions just for the listeners that maybe haven't heard it. But like, you know, you didn't start out the gate crushing it in real estate. You struggled for a long time. And then something happened. One moment happened where everything kind of just shifted for you. And it was something that you didn't even think you were going to post. And then you did it. And then since then, you've never looked back. Can you kind of run through what that was? Yeah. So it was, well, first, the first thing that happened was it was the comedy style videos that I started doing. I always gravitated towards comedy commercials. So I thought, you know, that's maybe just something I would want to do. Everyone told me not to do it. So I started posting those. And uh, if people are watching on YouTube, I'm sorry for my blurriness. I, I'm going to blame it on the Tom Story Show and not that's my fine. setup. But yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> noted and uh but then i posted one video um that kind of changed the entire course of my career and it was a video where i dressed up like freddie mercury i just bought a house for my clients and i was like can i like dress up like freddie mercury and walk around your house and they thankfully said yes oh so it wasn't even a listing you like sold them the house and then did it after exactly (laughs) exactly the first comedy video i ever did was a listing um and that kind of i guess got me on the map and then, yeah, I was just, I was just always looking for content on my, so whatever I would, you know, whenever I would do a buy or a sell, I would do something. Um, so this happened to be a buy. They let me do it. Um, I thought it was just too dumb because it, if you go back and look at it, it's, uh, when I post that February, 2020, it's really dumb, but I decided to post it anyways, cause I had already paid for it. And I posted it and then you can usually tell within your the first couple of minutes if your post is going to do well for your page. Yeah. So at the time, you know, it was in the first five minutes, it was just like blowing up more than anything. And I was like, oh, my God. And then, you know, uh, Ryan Serhant commented, I think that night or the day after. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And then Ryan Serhant's team like wrote a blog on it. And it was just like then I became like Serhant agent of the month or some shit. And just like spiraled out of control from there. And I was like, damn, there's something here. Everyone who told me not to do this probably just never tried to do it. What What was the feeling like between like, hey, you were in Florida, decided to get your real estate license. You looked up to Ryan Serhant and what he was doing. And then you struggled for a little bit out the gate, did something that a lot of people told you not to do. And then the guy who you looked up to, that's the thing that made him acknowledge you. And now you're speaking on stage with him and doing panels with him, which we can go into as well. But like, what was that feeling like? It was surreal. It was great. He was my biggest 
in like inspiration getting into this business and just just to see his name i had to double check i had to click on the profile to see if it was like a, a fake account and it had like the check mark and i was it's funny i, I did a post and I, I wish i had screenshotted it but uh probably my second year in real estate i posted a, a picture of him and said uh look forward to working with you soon of ryan Serhant. and you know i'm into all this like law of attraction thing um so it was just like completely surreal when that happened. I saw his name and I like ran to my wife. I was like, Ryan Saran just commented. And then from that moment on, I just knew like the power of social, like he's in New York. Right. He like, you know, there's just so much that can happen from that. And it just got me so excited. And I think that's where, um, all the success lays is, is when you're excited, when you're enthusiastic, because I think enthusiasm sells more than anything. And if you're enthusiastic about something, your product's going to be the best it can be. You know, I was thinking as you were saying that, so not everyone can do what you do. In fact, many have tried and it just seems off. There's something weird about it. Right. But to go back to what you just said with being enthusiastic about what you do. So it's like, you know, if you're listening to this and you are a real estate agent or maybe you just own a business in general, it's like, I think, Matt, what a lot of people have done is they look at you, they, they see your success, they go, I have to copy what he did. But I think they have to take that enthusiasm in and, and, and another avenue that they're actually good at and care about, not just trying to mimic somebody else and, and put it there. Because I, I think what you've seen is like, you know, people have been ripping you off word for word for a while here. Um, what's your advice to business owners on the content side of things, not just real estate, but just having your own business? Yeah, I mean, you you really do. And it sounds like it's so cliche at this point, but you really got to figure out what your thing is and what's authentic about you because you want to attract people like you. Right. I mean, if you're like never like telling jokes or doing anything like that, why would you do that on camera or make a product like that? It's not really going to resonate because you don't really understand it. I always say like, talk about what you would talk about if you're not on camera. Mm. What do you, what do you talk about to your friends? Talk about that, bring that to the forefront. What do you like to see? Like I said, I loved like growing up, I loved like the Geico commercials and that kind of thing, like the funny commercials. Right. Um, so that's what I gravitated towards. If you like something else, I don't know what other commercial you would like, but, um, I don't know, whatever you're kind of into trying to have a play on that, just try and think of something that's the slightest bit different that you could at least make people say, Oh, that was different. That was cool. There was something about that. That was, you know, I like, so just try and think a little bit, I hate saying outside the box, but a little bit different than what, you know, all the other people are doing. Even when you see like a YouTube ad before videos, they're all like the same. Like I saw planet fitness ad like yeah. a couple of days ago. I'm just like, What's like, that doesn't make me want to do anything ever. But then I see a Geico commercial and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I like that gecko. <laughs> I want to be in business with that gecko. Well, cause you know, it's interesting too. And like, Steve, you can speak to this. So Matt, your videos are, there's humor built into them, right? A lot of like stuff that I'm watching and I'm like, oh yeah, he's so right. This happens to me. Like it's, it's relatable. And then on the other polar end of the spectrum, Steve makes YouTube videos going over real estate forms and people watch that too. So Steve, like what's, right. so that's what I'm trying to get at here. Like Steve, those videos are probably actually your best performing in terms of building trust with people. 
in in terms of getting business, yeah. If you just if you explain a property disclosure statement, uh, that's where people are like, "Oh, this guy knows what he's talking about." I'm going to reach out. But like Matt has humor, uh, I probably have sarcasm. So in mine, um, you know, I I definitely think a lot of people do appreciate and reach out because I edit in the. I guess you could call it humor as well, right? But I edit in like my personality, so that's where I like what what Matt's saying. It's all like I've the people that hate me on my YouTube videos hate me, and they let me know in the comments, but they're not going to call me. And then the people that want to use me uh, to help them buy in my market, they just reach out silently. Not they don't comment down below in the in you know where everything is negative, right? And they just reach out, and then they're like, "We want to use you because." One, we feel like we connected with you already and you obviously service our market. And I think a lot of agents just don't give um, the consumer a reason to pick them. Right? Like if I like my, uh, if I like either of your attitude that are, that are there, like Matt, if I'm watching your stuff and I, I've seen it, it's pretty friggin' hilarious. Um, I can see why people are like, oh, okay, finally, something different, something mm. refreshing. Right, not just douchebag in a suit, maybe pulling up in a Lamborghini or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to do next year. <laughs> you should <laughs> do that, Matt. Throw everybody <laughs> off and just do a totally like Lamborghini, totally professional listing video. And was like waiting yeah. for the joke. <laughs> I was thinking of doing a run of uh, speak of of like keynotes where I'm just like suit and tie, and yeah. just doing like I come on stage and just like everyone's just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, <laughs> where i just start yelling at the crowd for no reason but i, I i'm, actually, I'm actually super impressed so far like so far we're probably not going to get demonetized for the amount of swear words so i appreciate you yeah being on your- <laughs> well that's the thing i on my podcast have to be very like we had had a sit down and we're like listen we can't swear as much on these yeah. podcasts because we'll get demonetized very very fast yeah. Um, so I'm very conscious and I, you know, I'm just trying to help you guys out. So, but there's no um, demonetization I, I in presentations it. and conferences, right? There sure isn't. Um, some people won't book me because of it, but you know, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's the same that. thing, right? It's like, those are the same people that will comment stuff on Steve's videos, but it doesn't matter because you've won over all these other people that are obviously it, booking you for the biggest real estate conferences in the world. So, you know, right. Two exactly. sides of You got to you got to focus on like, do you think Harry Styles cares about the people who don't listen to his music? No, no. You know, because he's going to so make them he, watch his movies now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, there, it's so odd to me that people try and please everyone and try and be everything to everybody because like, we don't all like the same kind of music. We don't all like the same movies. We don't all like the same anything. So you're yeah. never ever going to attract everybody. So why don't you focus on, you know, the people, you can attract and are like-minded because it's going to make your business and everything just better for you. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask on the real estate side of things. So you were just in New York. You're one of the the speakers at Inman and Inman for people that don't know is, is essentially the biggest real estate conference in the world. One of them, if not the biggest, right, Matt? Yes. So you were on several panels with people you used to watch on TV. So that must've been (laughs) crazy, right? 
And yeah. so I got questions about that, but I want to first start. So for the consumer listening to this, now one thing about Inman is that it's kind of like the future of where the industry is potentially going, right? When you were there, now I, I know you were doing a lot of speaking, so maybe you weren't kind of watching other people as much or going around to the booths and whatnot, but is there anything you saw that gives us a hint of where the industry is going here that will affect consumers and homeowners as well? Yeah, I mean, Sir Ant was talking about a lot about AI and that stuff, and he's like always steps ahead, ahead of things. Like he's doing shit that's just like, he's got like his Sir Ant, I don't know what it's called, his Sir Ant universe where it's like, have you seen that where it's like virtual offices? Like he's doing shit that like can't even right. imagine. So that was interesting. Um, that was probably the biggest thing where like a lot of people kind of see the value in that. They also see the uh, horror it could possibly bring. So it, it was interesting to see some takes on that. But a lot is just, um, you know, back to basics. Yeah. But also don't forget what you've been doing over these last couple of years, because it's funny. People say, oh, back to basics. And then almost like forget social back to basics, yeah. but it's like, no, back to basics. And then add what you've been doing for the couple of years as well. You can't forget social. Social is going to be growing more and more and more. It's not one or the other anymore. It's, you know, make your calls, door knock, follow up all that, but also have a social presence. Steve, we've been noticing that um, the last conference both me and you were at, and then I went to one recently, and both of them, Matt, the theme was essentially the same thing. It was back to basics. Everyone is now, and it's almost like they forgot video existed for both yeah. these conferences because they wanted to go back to the fundamentals because I, I think it was more that, not that they're not acknowledging what the future looks like with social, but like people forgot the actual things they needed to do to build the pillars in their business to then add the social into it. And yeah, it's, it's you interesting. You probably got, Tom, though, you probably got 20% of the industry that's only got their license in the last year and a half to two years. So they don't even know what the basics are. So right. it's a, it, for all of those, uh, you know, coaching companies for, for conferences, it's really good, in my estimation, to go back and let these people know. You know, sure, there's some Matts and Toms out there that have some sort of a following. Um, but that's not going to be everybody. And like you said earlier, it's not going to be for everybody. So yeah. what is the reality of this business? It's probably pounding the phones four hours a day. Like that is probably still the best uh, return for anyone out there. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah, I tell people a lot too. I'm like, guys, don't like, they, I feel like sometimes people look at me and think everyone has to do that like you were saying before, but like, I want people to really understand that like there's two sides of what I'm doing. There's a full content side where I'm not even thinking about the actual real estate business. So I have to like balance those. It's a balancing act for me. So yes, I'm, I'm still um, trading and doing all that. I'm getting business from social and referrals and all that, but I have an entire monetized side of this business now that I have to keep up with. So I'm making content accordingly. Um, so maybe, you know, the video I just posted about, I don't even know what the hell I just posted. Um, which did anyone see it? Probably not. Um, <laughs> I'm so I sorry. You guys, I, you guys don't actually watch my no, videos. But, Matt, but what I did do, I noticed on your stories now, you'll set up the video first 
and then yep. it goes. So I saw that, and then I copied that yesterday with mine as well. But I didn't get yeah. to the video because I just saw the <laughs> idea, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta go do that right now." Yeah, there, there's. If you start your stories with a share, your stories will be bad. You have to build up your stories to something. Yeah. Um. So if you post something original, uh, rate right to that, it will be better than just sharing something right away to your story. Um. So the one I did yesterday was. Oh, the cold calling uh, expectation versus reality. I don't know if that's going to be the best thing for an agent who's just looking to get business to post. Mm. It's fun to like throw in if you want to share it or do like a trending audio or whatever, but it's not necessarily, you know, that was more for, you know, my followers building the following, the podcast, the content side. Right. So right. it's like, a, you know, the agent side rather than the, the B2B. Side. Side exactly. Business, Which right? is un the, the amount of referrals I've gotten this year already is crazy. Yeah. So that can't be unlooked. So if you, if that's something you want to do, then sure. Focus on agent to agent content. But I think the biggest thing now is, um, posting with intent. You need to know what your, what your lane is and what you're trying to do. Don't post aimlessly. Right. I wonder how many people we can blame on Matt that got into the industry because he looks so cool in his <laughs> videos. They're like, I want to do that. I can make comedy <laughs> videos and sell million dollar homes. Like, sign me up. Right. And then interest rates start going up and they all got screwed. So, you know, I know. it's all on you, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been it's been crazy. Uh, let's, let's move for a second here into the, what you're seeing on a day to day. So what are the markets for the listeners that, that you focus on when you're not speaking, we're not making the content, when you are actively being a real estate agent, where are you working in your business? Um, main, it's getting more Toronto, like East end of Toronto and, yep. uh, and Durham. Okay. Durham is like my main, that's where I live. So I, I work a lot here. I live in Bowmanville. A lot of you Toronto folk thinks it's uh, farmland, but it's t totally developed now. Um, we're about 50 minutes east of Toronto, I would say. And now, you know, I've been working more and more in like the beaches, Leslieville, not really on a listing side, because as you know, Tom, it's it's hard to get in on a listing side, especially in the beach. A lot of heavy hitters uh, that have been around a long <laughs> yeah. time. Yep. Yeah. So I'm bringing buyers through and yeah, a lot of that's from social referrals and, but that's where I, I work. Most. And what do you, what are you finding right now? So if you're showing properties in the beaches or Leslieville or, you know, even just anywhere in Durham, is, is it getting competitive again? Are you seeing multiple offers? Is there an inventory issue? Like what's the common conversation you're having with these buyers? This episode of the Tom Story Show is brought to you by the YouTube for Real Estate video course. Are you interested in creating an engaging, value-driven YouTube channel to help educate your client base on real estate in your market, as well as introduce a new revenue stream to your business? Perhaps you've already created a YouTube channel, but are struggling to gain viewership and the subscribers you are looking for. The YouTube for Real Estate course will provide you with proven tips and strategies on how to create and cultivate an engaging YouTube channel, as well as how to optimize your channel, resulting in higher viewership, subscribers, and yes, deals. But that's not it. I implemented YouTube in my business in early 2021, and it has easily been the best marketing source 
for meeting new clients that I have ever had in my business, period. Better than expensive geofarming, internet marketing, and open houses combined. And now it even rivals my repeat and referral business. If you would like to learn all the tips and tricks for meeting new clients using YouTube, simply go to video course login or click the link in the description below and sign up for the YouTube for real estate course today and learn a year's worth of my painstaking research of learning how to use YouTube for real estate in just a few hours by taking the YouTube for real estate course. So go to videocourselogin.com right now and use the promo code TOMSHOW at checkout. Again, that's videocourselogin.com or simply use the link below. There's, there's the common thing I'm having right now for my specific buyers. I have about six that I'm working, like six active buyers right now. And uh, there's nothing to send them. Mm. I don't know if you're finding this yeah. too, but like, I'm just like, I'm so sorry. Like, and I, what I do is I set them up on an automatic search, but then I time block every like night yep. or afternoon when I can to manually search for all these people. So I, you know, I can have a, a, an actual touch with them, not just like an automatic email. Um, and I tell them I'm going to do that. So we just don't miss anything there. And I, you know, I'm texting them. I usually text my clients, uh, more than email. I just think it's a little less formal. I like it. Um, I'm just like, I'm so, I don't have any, there's nothing to send you. I'm not forgetting about you. There's nothing to send you. So I think that's important to, to, instead of just not talking to them when there's mm. nothing like reach out and be like, there's nothing to send you. I'm, I'm predicting there's going to be more going into the spring in the coming weeks. But right now there's not a lot to choose from. It's funny on the other side of that, when the market totally cooled off, when I had a bunch of listings, my conversation was like, you know, Hey Matt, just want to let you know, I think about you and your condo all the time. There was no showings this week. I, I literally wake up thinking about you, not in a weird way. I just want to let you know I'm working on this. I just don't have any updates for you. It's like a non-update yeah. update, right? Yeah, it's. I know, I know. But it's important. As much as you think it's useless and not really doing anything, it is. It's People want to know, and we were talking about this on Overass, Tom, like as you start to grow and you know, you're on the news now, like clients easily think you can forget about them. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, have you, have you found that with your past clients now that you've grown the YouTube following that some of them think you're too busy? Has that been an issue at all? Uh, I hope not. I hope they know I'm, <laughs> I'm here for them. I tell them every time, Hey, don't, don't hesitate. Um, but we're experiencing the same thing that Matt is like, uh, yeah, nothing new this week, guys. And it's <laughs> weird because like when I'm looking around the, the listings in the city, the stuff that is on the market, I mean, it's been sitting on the market for 90 days. Right. And Stale. nobody's writing offers on them. But then when I pick up a new buyer, it's like, why are we in competing offers this week? And I mean, just last night I had four offers um, on a single on one single listing, two of them unconditional. It's I don't know. It seems crazy time. And then there's another couple of listings that are at really good prices and no showings for a week. But your un unconditional still means conditional because uh, you now have the cooling yeah. off period, right? Have you heard about this crap? So, because because Steve, we had oh, talked about oh, this. you do it, yeah. Sorry, That's sorry. What the states do right. So in BC, in BC, we have a buyer. No, the the states have a condition period all the way to closing. So like your subject to finance goes all the way to close. Right. Here we have a buyer's right of rescission. So they've just brought it in. So for instance, last night we're looking at two offers. 
One is subject till Monday, the other one is firm. But buyer rescission on both offers goes till Monday. So you used to take the firm offer and then, I don't know, you might even leave some money on the table because it's firm now. Well, which offer do you think they took last night? Yeah, the one, the one, the one with more money on the table. So thank you because very much. Technically for, the same, even though one I, was, yeah, the buyer can still walk away until Monday. So why wouldn't I take the one where that has uncertainty, which they both now do, until Monday for more money? Exactly, exactly. So That's thank you very odd. much. We are driving up prices by protecting home buyers. So. Steve, because when this first came out, and I know it's only been out for a month, but we had said like, okay, whatever, it doesn't matter because every offer has conditions in it anyways, right? None of them have been firm. Now we're getting to the point that they are firm offers for anyone not watching, I'm doing quotations, because they're not actually firm. You have a full walk away clause if you choose to within three business days, correct? Correct. So I'm actually now conditional for five, including today, uh, like five days. That's a nightmare. Because there's a week because there's a weekend in the middle. So what did we do? Here's what we did actually. Here's what we have done. We um and I can say this because this podcast isn't coming out until after this period, but um we accepted one buyer's right of rescission for X amount of days and then we countered the unconditional one in backup. Yeah, see, we don't do backup offers here. I don't know, Matt, have That's you ever done a backup Toronto offer? Toronto agents are lazy. You guys don't do any work. You also yes. don't like subject to sale. Well, yeah, well, of course not. I, I also <laughs> accepted a subject, subject to sale. Subject to sale? Are you insane? <laughs> subject to sale? I'd, I'd rather sit on the market exactly. for another 40 days. Yeah, exactly just, my point. <laughs> subject to sale. You guys are insane. I'll, I'll, also, just the American agents, yeah. they give me so much flack for saying firm. Oh, they okay, think it's yeah. the stupidest thing. Yeah, because theirs there's, aren't firm until they, they are fall apart. closed, right? They fall apart. Like yeah. they, it's called it's escrow the whole way. Escrow. That's that's what it is. Yeah, in escrow. Yeah, escrow is mm. like a closing. I don't even know. We got to have an American on to find out all that stuff because it's so confusing. But like uh, a good friend of mine has to employ a full another. So what they do is, let's say this is great that the three of us have no idea what we're talking about right now. Um, what they do is they'll yeah, welcome have like to the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have conditions for like seven days for like inspection or whatever, but then the financing condition will go for 90 days up or up until close. So they'll have after finance or uh, inspections done, all that stuff's done, they're still conditional. So now they have a contract to close employee. So they actually have a full time employee in the office that monitors every what we would call firm deal until completion. Because down in the States, you can have people in literally in a moving truck and get the call from the lawyer, by the way, we're not closing. Crazy. Yeah. That seems not right. Our system is so much better. Unless you're in BC, yeah. then we have to change our system. Uh, you know what, though? I was talking about, Steve, the other week I was talking about backup offers in my office because someone had something that was sold conditional. And Matt, you know, like when something goes sold conditional on our system, you can still show it, but rarely people don't show it. because. Yeah. And, and Steve, I think also a part of it is as well is that like th- there's no perfect math on this, but I'd say if something goes conditional in Ontario, the chances of it firming up seem to be like 95 percent. Yeah, I know. Why, where, I know why that is. The only the only way the only way I'll show it is if it's uh, conditional on sale of buyer's property. Right. Because there's there's always an escape clause. And if I like it, I'll just go in and yeah. offer. 
Yeah, which and is subject to sale, so which is see, why you why accept do, them. Why do, no, no. Firm up, why do ours firm up more where I know a lot of yours fall apart in BC, where in Ontario it doesn't really – once you agree in your conditional, they mostly go together. This is actually a psychology thing uh, in my estimation because when you guys write the offer tonight, you're conditional for seven days, but you pay the deposit tonight or tomorrow. Yes. So the deposit's already in. So because you're already paid that 50, let's say it's 50,000 bucks, there's something in the buyer's brain that goes, well, the deposit's already paid. Sure, there's a problem with the hot water tank, but whatever, we'll go ahead with it. As opposed to us, where you negotiate that hot water tank before deposit is paid. So it's a lot easier to walk away when you haven't already brought the bank draft to your agent. Yeah, so I like we, better. Our, our number... <laughs> Yeah, I wish too. it was the same way. Trust me, I <laughs> wish it was. Um, but in when you look at that right now, when I track it, last year was bad. I think it was one in six of our accepted offers did not get subject removal. Wow. And normally in a good year, that's one in seven, eight. So last year was exceptional. There was more people walking away. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even though it's conditional, when you get that deposit in hand the next day, it's more. it's like a sigh of relief. Oh yeah, I, like, I, I whenever I'm waiting for them, I'm like, when did it show up? When did it show up? When like I'm I'm yeah. stressed out the entire day. Yeah, yeah. I hate when they they give it at like four yeah. in the afternoon. I'm like, what the hell? Well, this is this is so we accepted last night unconditional. Now we're waiting for deposit today. Now here's the thing: so we're waiting for deposit today, but buyer rescission is still technically three business days away, which is now five days away. Until that deposit comes in. If the buyer rescinds, we really have no way of getting the rescission fee. So, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a learning experience for me too. First time doing it. <laughs> hopefully, I get deposit today, and hopefully, they don't walk away by Monday. And then, hopefully, my and here's the best part, Matt. You're going to love this. It's not up to me to chase the rescission fee. It's directly brokerages out directly between the seller and the buyer. All right, let's, let's, let's move on from our cooling off period snooze fest. Matt, yeah. um, the, company, the company on your hat I want to talk about. So I work for a company called Royal Page in Canada. Steve works for McDonald's Realty, which is a, a big company in his marketplace. Um, yes. you, you have worked for more, let's call them traditional brokerages when you started your career. We're now seeing the rise of, of Real and EXP and these cloud brokerage models. And then the agency started in the States. Obviously, they've got their buying, I think it's Buying Beverly Hills, is that what's called the show? Yep. They've got their big Netflix show now. They're really taking off. A lot of people know about them. Why are you with the agency? What attracted you to them? And then just to, to give like the, the consumer and the real estate agent an idea of like, what is this company? Yeah, so we're a boutique real estate uh, brokerage. Uh, we were founded in LA by Mauricio Yomansky. Uh, he was on kind of Million Dollar Listing with, with James Harris and David, the, the British guys on Million Dollar Listing. Uh, he's married to Kyle Richards, who is a real housewife of, Beverly Hills. So that's how some people may know him. Um, so he's obvious and he's a crazy, crazy, like he sold the playboy mansion for a hundred million dollars. Really? Like, yeah, like insane yeah. real estate agent, of course. Um, I chose him. It was just like, I saw their branding and it was at a time where I was with a very, very traditional brokerage and where I felt almost a little suffocated, like I couldn't do exactly what I wanted. Mm. And pretty much the first thing I saw from them 
was their their main branding. So we have these like 10 rules to live by at the agency and rule number one is no assholes. And when I saw that, I was like, I like this, I need to know more. And that's the kind of marketing I like to do yeah. is things like that where it's just like you see something, you're like, I need to know more about this. Yeah. And it's essentially, it's, it's a, a marketing company that specializes in real estate. Mm. That's the best way I can put it. And that's, it's the best move I've ever made for my business. This isn't a recruiting tactic, anything like that. It was just per, cause not, you know, everyone sees, wants different things from a brokerage for me. I'll never leave. It's the best move I've ever made. And I absolutely love being a part of a brokerage that is so ahead of its time with the marketing, but also have, you know, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you know, our agents are great here, but at the agency it's, you know, our LA agents are some of the best agents in the world. Yeah. Like they're, they're selling billions of dollars worth of real estate. Um, and I like to align myself with that and have access to those people. Like I can text Mo and ask him something. Yeah. That's a crazy thing that I could just do that. Or I have access to the, their properties. If I want, I could post their properties. I can message someone and be like, Hey, can I fly down and do some tours here? There's so much, uh, opportunity for me. Uh, at this brokerage. So one statement and then one question. Steve, I guess I'm sorry you're never going to be able to join the agency because of their first rule. Um, and then I was wondering how Matt got in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I snuck in the back, crept in the back. (laughs) Is it, is this a, hang on, is this a, like, do they just have now a Toronto brokerage then? Is that in Canada? No, no, we, no, we have, uh, we have Toronto, uh, Oakville, Waterloo, Brantford, Calgary. We have we just opened BC. Mm. We have Victoria. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I just heard Toronto, 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 Toronto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, so. <laughs> yeah, right. I forgot. So, yeah. <laughs> Matt, is it is the? I'm honestly curious about this. I don't know. Is the model? Is it this? Is it a similar model to to these EXP and Reels, or is it a more traditional model of brokerage, but like t- totally different in terms of the marketing? It's no, it's completely different. It's not okay. cloud based. It's not uh, pipeline or whatever. Down, downline. Uh, yeah. Downline. Yeah. It's not any of that, okay. which I like. I, you know, do what you got to do. I f- see a lot of flaws in the downline based brokerages. And I call them downline based because I think that is what it is for a lot of agents. Because, Matt, um, you know, you know, at one of those other brokerages, the influence you have. Right. Insane. I could, what you could do. Seriously. Yeah. I could. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I have no interest in it. Interesting. Um, I want, I, I like the exclusivity. It's more of like a, um, not an invite only. Cause that sounds like weird, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, the average agent does $10 million. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like you're pulling anyone off the street. Um, the downline thing to me is I feel like there should be more rules put in place. I don't think you should be able to join and start getting a downline if you're not doing a certain amount of business, because I think with the downline, it's, it's agent first. Right. I think it's, I think their model and listen, I know a lot of people at EXP and a lot of people at real amazing agents, incredible, but I think they would all agree with me. The really good ones. There's a lot of shit at the bottom 
um, mm. that doesn't need to be there. And that is not putting the client first. It's putting the agent first so they can do less work and just recruit a bunch of people and get paid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and like I said, I, I know t- Brad McCallum at, at Real and Bob Tompkins and uh, Tim Macy. Um, and then Jesse Yerksa is at uh, EXP. Like agents who kill. Tina Who calls actually sell a ton of business. Who sell a ton. Or, sorry, a ton incredible of agents. Yeah. yeah, incredible agents. And I respect uh, and admire them dearly. But I just think at the bottom of those, it's where it gets dicey. I've dealt with some agents, and this could be at any brokerage, but I've right. had some bad experiences with you know some who are less known who and the thing is is who's joining someone who's doing one deal a year anyways how are you gonna how are you gonna recruit i I understand how brad mccallum's recruiting he's a beast you look in his eyes and you're done you're just sucked (laughs) in yeah yeah exactly he is beautiful by the way (laughs) he's oh my god he's incredible looking and And he's got a fantastic set of arms on him and for the for the for someone watching this or listening that doesn't know where we're going here, essentially to, the way to break this down is this episode of the Tom Story Show is brought to you by Carish Real Properties. That's right, my co-host Steve runs an amazing real estate team in the Fraser Valley. If you're someone looking to get more insight of what's going on in the Fraser Valley real estate market, I would highly recommend reaching out to Steve and his team. They're going to tell you what you actually need to hear, and they're going to exceed your expectations all the way throughout the transaction. I've met Steve and his entire team in person and they're all people that are really, really passionate about what they do. And a lot of their business comes from repeat and referrals, so it's no surprise that they've continued to be in the top 1% of the Fraser Valley Real Estate Board for many, many years. They service Cloverdale, the Fraser Valley, and Surrey, and they know what they are doing. But don't just take my word for it, they have over 95 star Google reviews online. If you're looking for good advice that's not salesy with real people delivering really great results, I would highly recommend reaching out to Steve and his team. You can find them online at krproperties.ca or in the show notes, you can go in there and you can book a call directly with Steve or someone on his team at a time that works best for you. If you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in the Fraser Valley, Cloverdale, or Surrey, I highly recommend Karish Real Properties. And now, Back to the show. For someone watching this or listening that doesn't know where we're going here, essentially to, the way to break this down is there is a new version of real estate company that is in in, in essence a multi-level marketing um, way of doing sales. Same thing as like my mom used to work for Pampered Chef. They'd come to your house and do kitchen shows. It was the exact same model, right? You can call it other things. The fact is that like there are great agents that are there and I think it's nice to have options. And I still think we're way too early, at least in the Canadian space, Matt, of understanding really how this is going to play out with these companies. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And like, I, I don't want to shit on them because like I said before, the agency was just the right move for me. Mm-hmm. I understand how these other brokerages, you know, they're appealing. And I understand that. I just think there's a bit of a flaw with that part of it. Sure. And that's it. I mean, it is what it is. I don't know all the ins and outs. So if I'm wrong about something, please let me know. I'm not trying to, like I said, you will talk find badly out about in it. In the comments, it will be down there for I think, sure. Listen, I've said a lot worse. Okay. So if you're going to come at me for this, I'm being very nice and respectful. If you're going to come at me, I'll pull it all out next episode. Um, but no, it's, you know, like I said, there's amazing agents at every brokerage. And for some reason, people choose to 
be wherever they want to be. But yeah, no agency is completely different than that. It's not uh, any kind of downline or anything like that. It's not cloud-based. Um, it's just a boutique, mainly luxury brokerage. And you think now more recently because of that new Netflix show, it's gotten even bigger than it ever has before because of that exposure? I think so. It's it's pretty neat. Like I was flying home from Inman and the, the, the uh, what do you call, I said flight attendant. I call this, are you not allowed stewardess? to call steward? Yeah. You said stewardess, you're in trouble now. Is that not a thing yeah. anymore? I didn't know that. It's no. not a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyways, flight attendant. Uh, great show, by the way, as well. Um, she was like, are you like a part of the agency? Or are you just like a huge, massive fan? I was like, no, I'm, I'm a part of it. She's like, oh my God, that's so cool. So it's a conversation starter now. I mean, you know, Netflix is huge. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know how much it's done. I mean, I, it's just, it's certainly brought a lot of brand awareness. Yeah. A lot of people recognize the hat now. And we it starts a conversation in, in real estate. That's the best thing you could have. Now, have you found that because of the authority you've built in the industry, being a speaker, being on all the stages, that even in your day-to-day, -day, and, and I'm taking away the content side here, I want to get into that in a second, but on the doing deals with other realtors, are they just like, oh, Matt, I know you, and, and I want to work with you on this because I know you from this. Has that come up, and is that a good thing, or has it created more issues than, than the positive side of things because they just think it's cool to do a sale with you? Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, not everyone knows me. Um, so, but sometimes I've had that where like, Matt, I would love to do a deal with you. Let me know what I can do. Um, and I think it helps. Um, mm -hmm. I can get certain things or, you know, it's easier to negotiate. Maybe they know they can trust me. Um, they feel like they know me already if they do know me. Um, but I don't think it's like, no, I, I would think whenever it does happen, it's only been beneficial. It's never not because I'm good at my job. Right. Um, and you know what I say I'm going to do, I do and I make it happen. I don't bring out buyers who aren't serious and you know, I make sure my sellers are, are ready to go. So it is what it is, but, um, yeah, not everyone knows me. A lot of people think, I don't know. It's, it's cool. It's, it's nice when they do know me and they like want to do a deal with me or something or no, like see me in the mall or some shit. That, yeah. It's been happening more, which my wife thinks it's insane. You're getting stopped in public places for like pictures and stuff. Yeah, just people talking yeah, to you? talking and pictures, and my wife's like, "But why? <laughs> it's just, it's just you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, it's uh, fun. It's cool. Me and Steve have had that on a very small scale level, where we've each gotten stopped a few times for pictures, and it's like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, thank you for watching I've my videos. Never... I make in my basement. <laughs> I've never been stopped for a picture, Tom. That is not true. They just stop you and punch you in the gut and run. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I, like, got so, I, I got stopped in the airport. I got stopped in uh, the mall in Las Vegas. Whoa. It's very wow. odd. Yeah, it's very, I mean, it's few and far between, um, but it's happening. And it's like, wow, it's cool to see. Sometimes you don't understand, like, that's why I like these conferences so much. You can see and actually talk to people instead of just being behind a keyboard all the time. Like it's really nice to hear that, you know, maybe I've had an impact in some way on someone's content or business or something. Well, Matt, I can tell you from me doing your podcast, um, over ask, um, I have never had so many people reach out to me after doing somebody else's podcast. 
So the amazing the authority that you guys are building in the business and the viewership that you have, like honestly, I've never had so many people send me messages. He's, he's never had two two that. in the same week. Before. <laughs> <laughs> like you, oh, yeah. you did okay. Better luck next time, and you suck. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. but no, honestly, that's can amazing. We, can we talk a little bit about that side of things. Yeah, are let's you, talk. Like, let's talk. Bam. Let's talk. Bam. What's okay. going on there? Because I am here's the thing. Like when you guys talk about, you know, Netflix shows and million dollars, like I don't watch any of that. I try and stay as secluded as possible from seeing other content or I mean, I'm not necessarily a big fan of a lot of the shows because that's not the reality of my real estate life at all. But what maybe you can help explain for the people that don't know what is BAM and where's it going and who does it service? Yeah, BAM is a uh a real estate media company like, you know, Inman or something like that. Uh, we want to bring like edutainment to the forefront. So um, we essentially want to be like the barstool sports of real estate. So we have a bunch of podcasts that come out, uh, blogs, uh, just tons of content. And our the BAM page is getting tons of engagement more than a lot of these other media companies. We just want to be, you know, the biggest media company. It's run by Eric Simon, the broke agent, and Byron Lazine. And I, you know, I do a lot of content for it and, you know, have over ask and we have a bunch of other shows coming out and we're just trying to bring on the best creators, the best agents, and just make a community that brings value, but brings value in a way that's not dry and mm. hard to consume. Like something you'd actually want to read and enjoy it and be like, oh, and I learned something, right? Exactly. Exactly. I think some of this stuff has been too dry for too long. You know what, Same with real estate conferences. You know what I will tell you is actually very interesting that you say that because even when me and like me and Steve use news headlines to make real estate content, right? We we then break them down in our videos, and because I break them down, I have to actually read the whole article. But Sounds for the awful. most part, I still see the I just see the headline. I go, that's stupid. But I will say, <laughs> lots of BAM articles I've clicked. I've I've I read them. I'm actually reading again. It's nice. <laughs> so, yeah, they're yeah, they're it's not just a headline. writers. I mean, Eric's. I mean, you've got to know Eric a little bit now, Tom. He's he really is like I hate to say it, but he's borderline genius. Like he really knows what he's doing, and I hate him. But you have to give him credit where credits due. So, I feel the same way uh, about Tom. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Exactly. If you don't, if you like your podcast host, you're not doing something right. <laughs> yeah, you, you you can't agree on everything either. The show would just become too dry, right? Yeah, exactly. You, you got to exactly. take sides on that. Um, so just so so for the broke agent now become the BAM is the media network like. The Instagram following, I think, for Eric's like well over four hundred thousand. You guys have been—I've been watching your YouTube growth. It's been—it's been very much picking up recently, like really picking up recently. Is it—is it kind of like the thought process is the Instagram will always be the big one because the—that's where the following started. Then going really hard on YouTube right now, and then to the actual website. That's where you're trying to drive everybody. Yeah, I think their biggest thing is emails. Yeah. Um, out of everything, because when, once you capture an email, there's so much you can do with it. The YouTube has been growing like crazy and that's been a ton of trial and error. Like there's a full team back there. Mm -hmm. That's constantly like, we'll release an episode and in the first 10 minutes, be like, no, you know, in the back end, like change that title, change this thumb. Like there's a lot of trial and error to go on with that to make sure you're getting the most out of the content. Um, I think that's something that everyone can kind of take away is like, it's not going to be perfect the first time. And it's like constant learning just because Eric 
and I have big followings did not mean that we had a hit over ask podcast right off the bat. And like Sirhan was was, your first guest, right? Sirhan was second. Jordan Cohen was first. Yeah. So we had big, we knew we could leverage a lot with that, but um, it didn't mean at all that, Mm. you know, we had to work hard to get people to click off this, that Instagram app into a different setting for us. We'd work very hard at that. And it was a bit of a wake up call. It's Um, not the same audience, right? Not the same audience at all. And it was the best thing we could have done. I mean, because now, like you said, yeah, we had all our eggs in that Instagram basket and now we're finally, you know, it, we're more of an act. We have more of an actual influence and we're more of a personality now um, where we don't just have to rely on the Instagram all the time. I got a question. Who, and hopefully Byron sees this at some point, who changes the batteries in the back of his head every morning? How does he, <laughs> how does he do so much content? The guy's a machine. Like I'm, he's, I'm watching. He's doing a daily show now for you guys. On like, yeah. it's insane. He's he's not human. Like you <laughs> said, he's he's a robot. Um, I don't know. He might be an alien. Um, he is. He runs a top producing Connecticut team from Naples. Like he's he's just he's next level. He's I don't know. There's some people who can just like I don't know how they can operate. Sir Hansen, another one like that. It's like, how do you, how are you still alive? It's just like they're, they, they, they just work on a different level. And um, I'm sure, I'm so sure you've crazy. struggled with this, right? Where it's like, okay, you know, Sir Hans, whether it's Byron, whether it's Eric, all you guys, um, or anyone really. And even like Tay is a good example or the other people that have taken off in the States. It's like, how do you then prioritize? okay, the reason why I'm doing this, that I started making this content in the first place was to help people buy and sell real estate. And I am a real estate agent. That is what I do and the content services that. From then getting, and like I struggle with this a little bit, no, nowhere on the same level as you, but like I get all these speaking gigs and I got to say yes to them. And I have said yes to too many last year where I was like ex- truthfully exhausted. Are you getting paid? Yes, I am now. Oh, good. I was going to say, don't yeah. say yes if you're not getting paid. No, I'm getting paid now. Uh, I wasn't at good. the beginning, and then I've, yeah. I've now I'm getting paid pretty much for everything, unless I just really want to do it. Um, right. Um, but uh, how do you cope with that? The You have opportunities falling from everywhere. How do you choose that? Are you worried to go too far one way versus the other versus content, media, bam, to I sell homes? Nope. I really don't put much thought into it at all because I think I can get in my head very quickly. Um, I take the opportunity as it comes and I trust my gut intuition. I've done that my whole career. Well, since I started doing the videos, I've just kept doing that. And I found that like that gut decision is usually right. And if it's not right, it sets you up for the next decision that is right. Mm. So it's like, just do what you got to do. The speaking I've always wanted to do. So when I can get a good opportunity to do that, and share my story to hopefully inspire people or bring some value somewhere. Like my, my keynote is way different than a lot of these social media gurus or however you want to marketing genius people. Like that's not what I do. I don't stand there with a presentation and yell. And I couldn't like believe steroids. that by the way, when you did the event for us, you like didn't even have slides. And I was like, how? Like I, yeah. I, I, need, I need to see it to re-engage the thought, but you could just go for an hour, which was very impressive. I'll literally talk all day. <laughs> I can just talk. I'll talk until someone tells me to leave. Like, <laughs> so like, and the podcast actually really helped with that. 
um, that's something that kind of I didn't think of when I started the podcast with Eric. Like that really has helped my negotiating, my public speaking, my uh, conversations, everything. But yeah, I don't want to just be that normal, you know, keynote. Like I want to be something different. And a lot of people ask for like, oh yeah, I need your slides. I'm like, you're not getting, I don't have slides. Like maybe I'll show some videos. If they really want some slides, I'll think of some, like at Buzz, I just put like pictures of me. Like <laughs> my slides were just pictures of me. Like, door knock, door do. knocking, wearing a scarf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's just me. And like, I want people to take from that and just think like, this guy's on a stage with a bunch of other keynote speakers and he's doing it different than, than someone else. And doesn't mean either is better, but there's just different ways to get to the end goal. Well, and that's part of you more my too. thought. Yeah. Well, that's part of my thought process when I do it. It's like, I think people appreciate the rawness. Like I'm not very, um, like I'm not perfect at all. When I talk, I'll, I'll like, stutter on something or i'll miss say something it's just is what it is that's talking (laughs) that's what happens you know and i think uh i don't know i think people enjoy that that it's just more like um a conversation than me just like pointing a laser at shit or something which is fine too right it seems like that your background coming from the music world as well as like you were more comfortable on a stage with eyes on you um because I can tell you, I certainly wasn't at the beginning. I was petrified to do my first public speaking. Steve, like we've talked about this. Like I remember there was one probably five or six years ago, Steve, both me and you were talking. And I was like, I thought I was comfortable. And then you were going back and forth practicing your lines. I was like, should I be doing that? <laughs> like you, yeah. Steve, you've really grown into that as well. That was definitely, uh, I mean, that was my first time, I think, single on stage by myself. And then actually I heard a guy talk after that and he was like how to do a proper presentation and it, i was 100 percent wrong yeah so you, you i don't definitely look at learn any of that yeah. i don't look at any of that like uh and and it's awesome like a speaking coach and stuff like that and i get it but i just feel like it's not if i go up there too prim and proper that's not it's not gonna it's not you uh yeah. resonate yeah it's yeah. not me and, and I, my I first would... ever you know was i sirhan was in the back room watching me <laughs> So once you do that, it's like, who, who else is going to be watching that? This is going to be a big deal. I don't think I would do it the same way anymore. Like I definitely practiced exactly the message I want to get across. And I think there is something that comes from just internalizing something and then being able to talk about it. You get, I think your message can come across a heck of a lot better than like, like you say, like, here's my slides, here's my message. Um, that being said, almost all of my YouTube videos are basically scripted, so maybe I'm well lying to myself. I think here. It's a bit of both. Like I, I certainly know the points I want to hit. I'm mm-hmm. prepared and I practice and I rehearse for sure. But I also give myself, um, like, room to explore something because sometimes I'll be on stage. And I'll start getting into a point and I'll say something. I think I did it at the mastermind a couple of times. I'll be like, holy fuck, that was fucking good. <laughs> and then it's like keeps building. I like impress myself sometimes. I don't even care about the other people. I'm like, shit, I gotta write that in my notepad. <laughs> um, like that's the kind of shit that happens. And I think that like that spark or that like that's where like the magic is, is like when you kind of go off script. 
but you need both. You there, there's a happy medium of it. You need to go up knowing what your message is, like you said, Steve. It's a little bit well, terrifying, maybe. right? Because you you want to be enough prepared, but maybe not a full robot. But then you never want to have that moment where you totally forget for like ten seconds and it's silent. Like that is where nightmares are built. And know? by the way, I've I've had that too. I've had that too. Two hours of sleep, a big yeah. keynote, lots of people there. I was, you know. I blanked for like 10 seconds. I was like, guys, this is insane. I've had two hours sleep. Like, why are you making me come up here this early? <laughs> and, you know, went into a video, regained my composure, and then went at it again. You're not going to hit it out of the park every time. That goes for everything. So just like, you got to eat shit sometimes. Yeah. Um, not act, don't actually eat it, but yeah. <laughs> I eat piece of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> you eat piece of shit for breakfast. Well, there goes the monetization, guys. Appreciate that. <laughs> we'll lose our $12 this week, Steve. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's gone. Okay, Matt, to wrap this up here, um, uh, to, on a more serious note, and I've asked you this question once before at the Mastermind, but you have kind of visualized a lot of the things that have happened to you in your life. So I want this advice for people listening and watching in which they want to achieve something. They do not have it yet, but they want to move in that direction. Can you kind of walk us through what that looked like for you? Maybe even, because when you said your first video was 2020, that wasn't that long ago. Like really, that yeah. wasn't that long ago. So you were trying for a long time to hit that moment where everything changed. What went into the waking up every single morning and visualizing how this was gonna play out? Uh, I journal every night. Um... And more than like, I write down exactly what I wanted. I said, I wrote down, I would work with Sirhan. I wrote down, I'd speak at the biggest events. I was telling people I'd speak at Inman six months before Inman knew who I was. Like, yeah. it's just what I, I, I like to put that pressure on me when I have goals um, and put it out into the universe and then work towards it. You can't write it down, put it out and then not do anything about it. You, you write it down, you put it out in the universe and then you work your ass off. Um, because in my mind, it's not a lie until that day comes and goes and you didn't do what you said you were going to do. And I'm not a liar. So I need to make sure that I make it happen at that point. Um, and that's, that's my mindset with everything. I, there's so many things where I, I was just telling someone I was going to last year, I was like, yeah, I'm, there's a conference I really wanted to speak at in Miami. And I'm like, yeah, I'm speaking in Miami next year. Yes. Yesterday got the call right. from my agent. Yep. Hey, just booked. You're in for Miami. Wow. It is what it is. You, you create opportunity by whatever it is you're doing. For me, it's mainly content. I look at myself more as a marketer and a content creator. Now I'm a real estate agent. When I do have my clients, I am a hundred percent involved and I'm very, very good at my job. But at the end of the day, I think all agents should look at themselves a little bit more like marketers because that's what we're doing at the end of the day. We're trying to sell ourselves. We're trying to, you know, get more properties, get more clients. So I put it out there and I, I believe wholeheartedly in the law of attraction. I know a lot of people don't. And if you don't, it sounds like I'm crazy right now, but that's what's worked for me. I journal, I work my ass off towards the goals. And then I get them done. And, you know, you don't, I think people are scared to write down their goals in case they don't hit them. If you don't hit them, there's, there's next year, but write them down and don't be like, 
I heard someone had like a goal of like four deals this year. I was like, what, what four deals make your goal 10. And if you hit four, well, whatever, if your goal is four, you're, you're doing two. Yeah. You know, what was that saying? Shoot for the moon. You'll land on the stars or some shit. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's totally wrong, but yeah. Quote that exactly. <laughs> That'll be the title of the video. Yeah. Oh, Tom, I have something. Sorry, off script. This is actually just a podcast thing going on. I put out a, a survey uh, of which is not very well responded to on our YouTube channel. Oh. Should we keep the silly, ridiculous names for our episodes or should we go to episode numbers? Oh, what's the what's the poll? What's what are people saying? It's tighter than I thought. It's oh. like 55, 56% like uh, stay with what you got. And then the other ones are like go to episode numbers. And no. this is, uh, it, it's actually good that we had this conversation today, Matt, because totally give somebody the reason to pick us. They're going to pick us because, you know what? Silly names. Um, also, episode numbers will get zero new viewers period i was gonna say we ran the tests on this because oh, we, we were episode numbers for a year and we realized that we are not joe rogan right this, yeah. this does not work we need to tell people exactly what they're in for for that episode because you get new listeners along the way yeah and then something like this it's like you know we're an hour in and it i mean basically what we do for our podcast titles matt is we just take a sentence somebody said somewhere in the thing yeah. and like that's now the title thumbnail and right. then some people are like you didn't even talk about that very much it's like it's an out what am i going to do uh, you want a transcript as the title i don't know what you right. want to do here exactly so it because it's an open conversation i think the people that appreciate it they're going to continue to tune back in and now our our downloads are are skyrocketing and our views are getting better so that's what we got to keep doing give people a reason to pick us rather than a reason not to watch episode number 30 also, 37 yeah, I, I was nervous at the beginning if we did episodes they'd be like oh this is your third episode we're not watching you it says they third we want to see someone that's been at it for a while yeah yeah maybe everybody wants everybody wants to watch tom's story well, that's why that it's is, called the tom story show there is, there is something to that though um which is odd like i'll i'll see someone and i'll see a piece of content that i like mm -hmm. or like a song and then if that band isn't like Say it's a song, and then I go to the band's page, and they have like two thousand followers. It doesn't. I know some people get excited about like getting someone early and like growing with them, mm -hmm. but to me, I'm like, kind of doesn't do it for me. It's weird. It's like a mm -hmm. weird mindset. But it's all about clipability. So here we can clip this. I hate real estate and everyone in the business. Um, so there's the, there's the, uh, <laughs> the maybe clip, that'll be the intro. The <laughs> I'm, uh, I don't actually mean that. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get the clicks up folks. We did that with David from million dollar listing. Oh yeah. We started, we, we planned this thing where we made fun of him, and then he was like, screw you guys. And he like, he like stormed out of the, of the <laughs> podcast. Oh, and that and was we the used opener. That as our, yeah. It was the opener. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, I typically ask Steve what his final thoughts are at the end of every episode. So, Steve, is there anything that stuck My out to you? My final thoughts are if you made it this far uh, and you like episode numbers, beat it. Because <laughs> <Beat it. laughs> we're, not, we're not going episode numbers. We're going... Uh, yeah. fun. I mean, we like fun. We like silly faces. We like ridiculousness and we're not planning a damn thing. So 
casual yeah. conversation is all we're doing. Matt. If you like episode numbers, don't ever listen to this podcast again. <laughs> Unsubscribe. We just lose half our viewership. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, where can people go uh, to find you, your content? Where's the best place for them to go? Uh, go Instagram, Matt, M-A-T-T dot Leonetti, L-I-O-N-E-T-T-I. Uh, that's the best place. You can DM me and we'll uh, connect there. And just to be clear, you are you are absolutely trying to get people to buy crypto, right? That is <laughs> yeah. something you do yes. in DMs. Yeah. I have one account, please. I'm trying to get one, verified. I have one last uh, question yeah. for Matt. Do you know Keith Roy? No. Okay, Maybe. realtor. He's been on the show, realtor, a good friend of ours. I just there's something about the two of you and the way you are. It's almost like maybe separated at birth, except Keith is like super prim and proper. Matt, eh, different direction. But really? there's just, a, I don't know, it's a similar voice. Similar I don't see, look, I don't see this. I don't he see doesn't this. see it as much. I personally do. So go back and watch one of our. Keith is extremely good looking. And, <laughs> no, uh, no. I don't no, know what no, the hell happened to you. That. You ever heard I would Brad? never say that about either of you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'm in the same boat. All right. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Thank you for listening. Matt, thanks so much for coming on as, as a guest. This was awesome. I hope everyone has a wonderful week, and we will see you next Sunday. Bye. After you like and subscribe. Thank okay, you. fine. All right. Thanks, One, Matt. two, three. Bye.